Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hello, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here. It's Lenny time on The Ben Jarofsky Show, and that's what we call it because every other week, Lenny Monahoppenworth from The Reader, my beloved reader, and Indivisible Chicago uh, comes on the show with her guests that she's assembled, The World of Lenny. Welcome back, Lenny. Thanks for having me, Ben. So I, I am a part of Indivisible Chicago, but we also I'm also a part of a network, a statewide network, Indivisible Illinois. And if you don't know who Indivisible is, uh, we are a grassroots organization, volunteer-led, and we got together after women's marches, after Trump was elected, um, and our mission is to hold the House, to flip the Senate, and to fire Donald Trump. And we've been meeting weekly, regularly in our own local groups and also statewide. So we had our meeting this week on Wednesday and we had um, almost 20 people on the call from around the state. As you know, we have 18 congressional districts. Um, we were able to flip two of them in the midterms um, and elect Sean Kasten and Lauren Underwood. And uh, we were really excited to get our endorsed candidate, Marie Newman, um, win her primary on Tuesday, on, uh, in a primary midterms. Uh, uh, the primary election on Tuesday, um, on March 17th. Um, so we're still celebrating that. Um, but moving forward, we're thinking about like, what can we do now? Because we, we understand that, um, with this pandemic, it's it's very clear to us that we need to think about what's going to happen in November. It's going to take um, a long time for us to get it together, and yet we know that it's um, that voting should be easy to do. Uh, it should be accessible. It should be safe. It should be um, it should be easy. Voting should be as easy as paying your bills is what people are saying, and one way that we could do that is by voting by mail. So. Um, we're in talks with many people around the nation, um, statewide and also locally, on um, how our elected officials can help advocate this uh, vote by mail for us. Um, and we also want to spread awareness about um, about this issue with everybody. So if anybody's interested in that, please join your local indivisible group. We know that, um, you know, in the last four days of um of primary, we had to go all digital in the third district um, because of of the um, stay at home mandate. Um, uh, it was a recommendation at the time. Right now, Governor Pritzker is um, he's saying that we need to stay at home, stay safe, and stay at home, and um, and and do this all together. Um, but still, we were able to get out enough people to vote. Um, on that day to get Marie Newman um, elected, um, not elected, but she won her, <laughs> she nominated. won her, um, mm -hmm. she won her nominated. I, I, I want to call it her 
congressional district now. Um, she has one more step to go in November, but really, I feel like it's her, it's her, um, it's her district already. Um, but my point is that um, we want everybody engaged. That's what we're doing at the local levels as well as the state and the national levels. Um, and not only in Illinois, but also in Wisconsin. So a lot of us are crossing the border. Um, they have been for months. We have been for months. And I have uh, Laura Swinnon on the call from Indivisible Evanston, who's just north of me. I'm in Andersonville. She's in Evanston. Um, and we coordinate together and we network together. And I'm really excited to have her on to tell us all what she's been doing up there. Laura, can you hear me? We're waiting Hi, for oh, there she is. Yes, I, see Laura. I can hear everyone. Hi. Uh, hi, Laura. Welcome to the show. Hello. Laura from Indivisible Evanston. As I told you before, Laura, I have a, lo a great affinity for Evanston. I'm a proud uh, graduate of Evanston High School. Yes, I was a young scholar at Evanston Township High School back in the 70s. Uh, geometry teachers remember me fondly. Uh, <clears throat> get rid of that guy. Hurry up. I'm sick of seeing him in the class. Evanston used to be, believe it or not, Laura, I know this is going to be hard to believe, a conservative Republican community. I'm not making this up. Uh, up until the 1974 election, Evanston was a bastion of conservative Republican politics uh, or moderate, what we would call moderate Republican politics. And then a gentleman named Abner Mikva was elected uh, congressman uh, from yeah. Evanston. And ever since then, Evanston has just become uh, progressively and progressively more progressive. And so uh, you're standing on, you're at the vanguard of a movement that's about 40 years in the making. <laughs> so congratulations. Yeah. Oh, well, person and such a legacy here and nationally, of course. And one of our Indivisible Evanston members is actually a documentary filmmaker, Bob Hercules is his name. And he is actually working on a documentary about Abner McFaul that I think will be coming out this year. So um, we're really excited about that and it should be really interesting. But yeah, Evanston, we are a blue bubble here. And, you know, we managed to have a, a definitely a spectrum of uh, progressive beliefs to hear, but, um, you know, we are uh, indivisible Evanston, like Lenny said, was founded after the uh, 2016 election. And, you know, we are basically a grassroots volunteer driven organization that works with the Democratic Party of Evanston, but we also are independent. And so we you know, can really work with other indivisible groups locally and nationally to decide what we're going to do. And, as Lenny said, we worked on the midterms in 2018 on the casting and other campaigns and helped them flip those seats. And now we are, you know, like Indivisible Chicago and many groups in Illinois, we are focused on keeping those house seats in Illinois for Kasten and Underwood. But also our major focus is on Wisconsin. All right. Well, let's talk about that. Uh, the major focus is on Wisconsin. What are your members doing uh, in regards to the uh, Wisconsin election? Well, we started working up in Wisconsin on, you know, the 2020 election more than a year out. We um, have been up there since physically. We were up there since last summer doing both in-person voter registration in Milwaukee and lots of door-to-door -door, um, canvassing in 
the Kenosha and Racine, sort of southeastern Wisconsin areas, and mainly working there with the Democratic Party of Wisconsin, um, just talking to people about issues, you know, what's important to them, how they feel the president is dealing, and just kind of uh, connecting with them about Democratic values. So, you know, we had been up there all, you know, all fall, and we were up there in, I think it was, well, not maybe not in January, but in February, doing some very brisk canvassing. And we were looking forward to being up there in several times in March. And, of course, for four days, we were planning on being up there, going door to door, getting out the vote. And um, we were even going to celebrate at the famous Hobnob restaurant in Racine, which is a classic Wisconsin supper club on election night. And, of course, you know, a few weeks ago, everything changed drastically. And... Like, you know, all, um, you know, parties across the country, the Democratic Party of Wisconsin had to shift everything from physical organizing to digital and virtual organizing. So we have been in this rapid response mode of shifting everything to that as well. And, you know, it's been, it's been quite a shift and disappointing as it is, you know, our health and safety of everybody is the most important thing. And I think that's a really interesting uh, story going on in Wisconsin right now with the the conflict I think between the Democratic and the Republican Party up there in terms of what's happening with their primary, which is scheduled to go on um, next week, April seventh. Uh, and uh, so one of the uh, the races that uh, I've been following, or at least from afar, has to do with the yeah. uh, Supreme Court case. Are you involved in that uh, yeah. Supreme Court case? The Supreme Court race. There's a seat, an open seat. Uh, yeah. The, uh, in the election. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, well, we have, um, we are basically helping um, support a candidate whose name is Judge Jill Karofsky. She is a um, progressive judge from the Madison area who is running against um, the incumbent Judge Dan Kelly, who was appointed in, I believe, 2016, I think, by the illustrious. Scott Walker and Judge Kelly uh, has pretty much locked up with the Republican Party and I would say values of the Trump administration. And it's a huge opportunity, honestly, to to um, this election so that if she wins, it will rebalance the Wisconsin Supreme Court. Um, they were recently deadlocked on a case which was related to that huge purge of voters. Uh, more than 200,000 voters were purged from their roles um, in February, I believe. And it went to the appeals court, and then it went to the Supreme Court. And um, basically, Kelly recused himself and did not vote. So he didn't want to look bad in front of the voters just before an election. And allow all those people to people to be removed from voter rolls in Wisconsin. But if he wins, that he will most definitely vote to keep that purge in place. If Jill Karofsky wins, it's a 10-year Supreme Court term. So this could have a huge impact on voting rights in Wisconsin, protecting people's voting rights, and also the gerrymandering in Wisconsin is, is really bad and puts Democrats at a huge disadvantage um, and, you know, so, I mean, it's, it's a really important race, not only for Wisconsin um, to make it more balanced, but as 
you know, many of your listeners probably know, Wisconsin is one of the most important swing states for the general election in November. And um, so it really is important that voting rights are protected as much as possible between now and November. And, you know, we're looking at a very different situation now than we were, you know, even a month ago in terms of um, what's happening with the impact of coronavirus on voting. Yeah, Lauren, let me just uh, take a moment here to express my views. Uh, these are the views of me, mm-hmm. Ben, not necessarily Laura. See if you agree with me on this, Laura. Uh, one of the things that the Republicans have been very successful at, and Democrats, you should be paying attention, taking notes and following and learning and watching from Republicans. But one of the things that Republicans have been very successful at is cloaking their very partisan objectives in sort of the in, in the legal flowery legal language that has principles. So they talk about uh, like principles of liberty and principles of justice, when really all they're trying to do is uh, get an advantage over the Democrats uh, in the uh, the battle uh, to win offices. And so one thing they did uh, with Scott Walker, you already mentioned Scott Walker, they pretty much knocked out uh, public unions uh, in the state of Wisconsin. And by doing that, guess what? Gave a huge advantage to the Republicans. And they did that in the name of the liberty for workers. How about that, uh, Laura? They're right. looking out for the workers to get an advantage for the bosses. Uh, I, I never said the Republicans were stupid. I just said they were hypocritical. Now, in the case of this gentleman, Kelly, right. Danny, uh, Daniel Kelly, he's with an outfit called the Wisconsin Institute of Law and Liberty. He used to work for them. And they're one of yeah. the, uh, the leaders of the lawsuit that would knock off voters from the rolls. All right, why are they trying to knock voters? off the rolls they declare this great principle oh we want fair safe elections when in fact it's an advantage if they knock democratic voters off the rolls it gives an advantage to the republicans again i never said the republicans were stupid laura i just said they have no principles and they're hypocrites so i'm really proud that uh indivisible in evanston my hometown will be joining with democrats in wisconsin to like just try to even the field a little bit Democrats are finally catching on, Laura. This is me speaking, but Democrats are finally catching yeah. on that, you know what? You can't just wake up every four years and vote in a presidential election because guess what? Those Republicans have been working for the four years before you fixing things so they control the, the Supreme Court and rule against you when it comes to voter rights uh, laws. Uh, they've been working against you, against you in the state legislature to elect legislators who will um, take away voters' rights so that Scott Walker can get rid of uh, public works unions. Do you agree with me on this? Oh, 100%. I think that, that this is an issue that I know for myself. I feel like I was stupid before the 2016 election and didn't really fully grasp the magnitude of what the Republican Party has been doing. And it's, you know, it's at least a 10-year, if not more, process. And right now, you know, they basically were willing to make Donald Trump their Trojan horse and take that risk to put a completely incompetent and unbalanced person in the Oval Office so they could start, they could appoint, you know, the who they wanted to the Supreme Court and also all the, you know, you know, hundreds of federal judges that have been appointed. I mean, you know, I don't want to be too doomsday, but, you know, this is going to take a long time to recover from. So, you know, all of our, these activists who got, you know, I think like me, who became activists after the 2016 election, you know, now we have, you know, almost three years under our belts of doing this. So I feel like we are ready to take on this fight and it's not just going to be um, a fight that ends. I'm not going to say if, I'm going to say when we win 
the White House in November and take back the Senate and keep the House because there's going to be still a lot of work to do and a lot of work to undo. And it's not just at the federal level, it's at the state level, like Wisconsin. And, you know, I became aware of the gerrymandering that was done in Wisconsin, how unfairly those district lines are drawn and they make it almost impossible for Democrats to win in certain districts, especially around Milwaukee. Um, so again, it, it puts um, voters of color and, you know, voters in economically disadvantaged areas um, at, a, at a really major disadvantage. And I think that those districts being redrawn after the census are going to be critical. And so, yeah, it is a, it is a really, I agree with you. They're not stupid. They're actually diabolically brilliant. And they have been doing this sort of right under our noses. And I think that you know, we have to reframe the entire discussion in addition to doing the really hard work of getting people elected who are going to be in power to actually pass legislation to protect our voting rights. And again, when I think, you, um, Ben, you talked about language. They are very smart about how they use their language to talk about, um, you know, whatever. I'm not even going to use their language because I don't want to amplify it. But I think what we need to emphasize is, is one of our fundamental rights as citizens is the right to vote and the freedom to everybody to be able to vote, to be able to vote easily. And that is the exact opposite of what the Republican Party wants to do. They want to, if, you know, if you just think about it in terms of what they're, you know, they have opposed Governor Evers in Wisconsin at every turn since he declared a state emergency because of coronavirus, he wanted to postpone the primary. Common sense, right? Because he's had a lot more time than Governor Pritzker had before this all started happening. Oh, the Republicans oppose him at every turn because they want this Supreme Court race to go forward because they want Kelly in there so they can start pushing back against all of these, um, against to get this purge um, to stay in place. So, yeah, it's outrageous. Yeah, no, it's look, like I said, I always I point this out. The basic premise of uh, electoral politics, uh, it's hard to lose when you don't let the opposition vote. So uh, if, if the Republicans right. are successful at knocking uh, Democrats off the voter rolls, uh, the, it'd be easier for them to win. And then they can go around pounding their chest like, oh, my God, we're masters of the universe. Everybody agrees. with Yeah, you, you knocked all these voters off the rolls in the name of reform. Right. Uh, and I'm going to give you one last thing, Laura. One of my last, and and I, you may not agree with me where I'm going to go with this, but I talked to my quote unquote reformer friends in the state of Illinois who push for a fair map in Illinois. And in Illinois, we have a Democratic majority in the Senate and the House, and we have a Democratic governor. So the Democrats draw the map. So I don't know why yeah. any Democrat in the state of Illinois would join a fair map coalition. To strip the Democrats of control of the map, while up in Wisconsin and Michigan, Republicans are using every trick in the book to keep their majority to draw the maps. I do not understand the, the philosophy, the mindset of Democrats, Laura, who believe that the game is fair. Do you understand what I'm saying? He like they think they, they think like like the Republicans are playing fair. I I can't think of one state in the country where Republicans are pushing a fair map initiative when they control the legislature and the governor. They're only pushing it in Illinois because it's the only chance they have to take control of Illinois and do to Illinois what they did to Wisconsin. Do you agree or disagree with me? You mean that the Republicans are pushing fair maps here? 
yeah, Republicans are pushing fair maps here, and they've got some Democrats mm-hmm. who've signed on to it. I always give my Democratic friends who've signed yeah. on to it a hard time. I'm like, why Why would you sign on to this while you got Scott Walker uh, in Wisconsin? And Scott Walker, by the way, is party to yeah. a lawsuit in Michigan that would undo a plan, uh, a fair map plan. So they're completely inconsistent. Oh, wow. So this is my yeah, way. I mean, I- yeah, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I think you're right. I mean, I think that ultimately, you know, in an ideal world, that fair maps should be drawn everywhere. And I think that um, if the co-founders of Indivisible wrote a book um, that uh, is really interesting. They came out uh, last fall, and they actually have a really big section about some of their proposals in terms of making the maps and our representation um, more equitable. And it does include basically, you know, what they say is if they're, if they're going to, it should be a federal policy, not state by state. And right now, I think we would be really at a disadvantage if we, we drew the map. Um, but, you know, I think it would be like not a good strategy. But ultimately, I think that, um, you know, I would hope that it would be, they would be redrawn and rebalanced. But there's a lot of other interesting ideas around that too, in addition to making all the districts. Um, smaller or having more representatives, you know, there's no limit to the number of, of um, members of Congress that we could have. So having more representatives would make the representation more equitable in the, in your district. So, you know, there's a lot of ways to do it that aren't just about fair maps because that's not always the way to do it. It's hard to do. All right, Laura, I appreciate you coming on the show and I appreciate the work you're doing at Evanston. Give folks, uh, is, there, is there a website they can go to or any kind of information that they want to uh, join up, uh, uh, join your efforts that you can give out here? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, right now, you know, we've shifted everything to online. So you can go to our website, indivisibleevanston.com or find us on Facebook, Indivisible Evanston. And we have a whole taking action section of our website. And right now what we're doing is phone banking for Judge Jill Karofsky, and also for, to just call voters in Wisconsin to get out to vote in Racine and Kenosha and Walworth County. And, you know, we've been writing postcards. I should give a shout out definitely to our postcarding team. We sent 47,500 handwritten postcards to voters in southern Wisconsin and or all over Wisconsin to um, make sure that they were registered and we had all the proper voting information. So we're hoping... That has an impact. We were part of a bigger campaign that sent out 600,000 postcards. And that's called Postcards to Wisconsin. Web, that's another website. You can go on there and donate to help us print 2 million postcards that we're going to send to Wisconsin and Michigan. So that's postcards to Wisconsin.com. That's part of Invisible, Visible Chicago. And, you know, yeah, in the next week, actually, if all, you know, all of your listeners could go on our website, you can find things you can do from home including making calls from your own phone and patching into voters in Wisconsin to help get out the vote and help people, um, you know, talk about Judge Karofsky and how important this race is. Because honestly, you know, how many people are aware of their state Supreme Court races? Not many. And, but this has huge impact for our future. So, yeah, please check us out. And thank you for having me. All right, Laura, we'll bring you back uh, again soon. Thank you so much. Uh, Lenny, are you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. Thank you, Laura, for being here. All right. Lenny, introduce your second uh, guest in the Lenny segment Lenny. guest uh, in the Lenny segment okay. uh, show. <laughs> thanks, Ben. So um, so I, wanna, I want to uh, bring up Genevieve Spears. So Genevieve Spears is an activist. 
Um, she's many things. She's a serial entrepreneur, but I met her um, doing activism work. And when she put together her first new founders conference, she invited me on to speak on, uh, on behalf of the indivisible movement in Illinois. And um, it was about, it was the new founders conference. I think that you were there, Ben. I was um, there. Mm -hmm. Right. Yes, I was there. So we were talking about tech and ironically at that time, um, I was saying, you know, there's so much stuff on social media that's happening, but it's great when we could come together. And, and that's actually where, when I met Laura and we were inviting people into meeting spaces and um, getting to know each other one-on-one. -on -one and, and that's all great and good. But right now in the, you know, in the time of, of this pandemic, we can't do that. So um, we're really grateful for people like Genevieve who has, um, you know, experience in the tech world and has, um, uh, for instance, Sitter City, which we're going to talk about today with Elizabeth, um, who is the CEO, Elizabeth Hart, Hart, um, who's the CEO of the Sitter City, um, which is the first um, tech-based babysitting um, service. And I'm really just grateful to have her on. She, we, I want her to talk about um, the ways that she's connecting um, her services to the first responders who need it so much at this time um, for childcare. So I'm really grateful for, for you, Elizabeth, for all that you're doing. And thank you for being here. Elizabeth Harz, can you hear Hello, me? Oh, Lenny and, and Ben, thank you very much. Mm -hmm. All right, Elizabeth, tell everybody what, everything they need to know about Sitter City, S-I-T-T-E-R-C-I-T-Y. Yeah, so um, really here to focus on our program that is helping first responders get to work in the city. But then let me back up a moment and I can connect this to Lenny's comments about Genevieve. Here. So Genevieve was a college student um, and did some babysitting on the side to, uh, to pay for books and things. And in, uh, when she was going to school, she saw a woman, you know, quite pregnant, kind of going around campus, pasting up flyers. And this was around the same time that the dating revolution was happening. And a lot of websites were starting to, to help connect singles. And Genevieve thought, wow, you know, we can take the same notion and connect families with babysitters through digital technology. So she was very ahead of her, um, ahead of the curve. This was about 20 years ago. So Genevieve's the founder of Sitter City. She's now, as Lenny mentioned, um, very, she has a very dynamic um, uh, career. She's an opera singer. She's an angel investor. But she was the founder of of Sitter City and Sitter City continues 20 years later to match millions of families and sitters across the United States. So as um, the reality of COVID was, was coming to light, um, Mayor Lightfoot, who is a mom, as you know, and is actually a customer of Sitter City, reached out to us asking if we might be able to help as they began to think about the um, stresses on first responders. Um, so let me pause there and then I can tell you a little bit more about the specific program. All right, talk about it. So, so Sitter City is a digital platform that connects families with babysitters. And what we have done in partnership with the city is create a special site, sittercity.com slash Chicago Responds. And it connects 
critical workers, city employees, first responders who, as you all know, with schools closed and daycares closed, many of these workers, of course, have their own children. And in order to enable them to get to work to help all of us, they need help um, making sure their children are taken care of. So this special site that we provided free access for these first responders to um, was stood up very quickly. And what's been wonderful about it, the initial idea that Mayor Lightfoot had um, was to lean into the community of Chicago public school teachers, teachers assistants, coaches, others who were on the payroll with the city, um, but unable to go to work, obviously. Um, so many of these Chicago public school employees are volunteering their time to uh, take care of first responders' children. And then we've had lots of sitters just from the general sitter city population also raise their hand and, and want to help. So it's a great way for these critical workers to be able to get free or low-cost child care to enable them to to come in and, and help fight this crisis. You know, when I was when you were telling me about this uh, yesterday, Elizabeth, the first thought that popped in my mind is how could everybody be assured that nobody is going to be a carrier of COVID-19? So are there any safeguards built into this? Yes, I mean, we've been very clear, obviously, that this is for a high risk population. So the volunteers really have to volunteer knowing that um, we are not a, a medical institution. We really point all of our volunteers to the CDC and of course encourage them to practice um, you know, all the recommendations from, from the CDC. But there have been a lot of, of people, especially young people as you can imagine, who um, are, are you know, on the younger side, very healthy, feel as though um, this is a, a risk that they are willing to, to take. And, I think so many people just want to be able to try to help and aren't really sure how how to do it. So this is one way for people who have a history of working with children and love working with children to help these heroes that are, you know, getting up and going out there every day. They are heroes. And, uh, you know, it's a very scary time. Uh, Mayor Lightfoot and Governor Pritzker have told everybody, uh, stay at home, don't go out. But some people have to go out just to keep society going. You know, I, we, we joke all the time, uh, Elizabeth, that we do this show now from my house and I, I overlook a train and the brown line is going by. It's a Chicago train. And uh, I was joking for a while why we're even running the trains. And then someone pointed out the very obvious point that people have to get to work. Got to keep the trains going just to make sure even if it's an empty train, there's one person on there, one employee getting to work at a critical moment that that's worth it. And I said, that's that makes sense. Someone has to drive the train. That person may need uh, a daycare as well. So these are heroes, and uh, I think this is a great service uh, that you're providing. Yeah, we've seen um, uh, amongst the population that have uh, decided and are uh, posting job descriptions to get help, uh, I would say the two biggest portions of city employees are medical workers and police um but you know we've had hundreds of parents use the site and we've had thousands of sitters sign up to 
volunteer and and assist. Um, we have some centers, you know, posting very low rates, like five dollars an hour or something like that, maybe to help with gas or or some nominal expenses. Um, and a lot of people volunteering to to help these families for free. So one more time, give out the information if folks uh, want to get involved, want to sign up, or want to volunteer, or just want to know more information about it. What is the info? Absolutely. So you go to sittercity.com slash Chicago Respond, and there is a landing page there that makes it very simple, whether you're a family that needs assistance. Uh, it's a very simple form, and you enter your agency or department for the city and go through that sign-up flow, or on the other side of the page, it very uh, simply takes volunteers or, or sitters that are interested in helping out through that sign-up flow. So uh, really encourage city workers that need support to uh, go there to, to look for childcare and, and vice versa for folks who feel comfortable in this situation that are willing to, to volunteer on the sitting side to, to uh, sign up and help as well. All right, very good. Thank you so much, Elizabeth, for taking time to tell us about that program, Sitter City. Thank you very much. Lenny, uh, we're going to close out. you have any last thoughts you want to uh, leave with people before you head out the door, Lenny? Yeah, uh, well, I wanted to just put it out there that, um, you know, next year we at the Chicago Reader, we're going to we're, we're planning on celebrating our 50th anniversary. So um, Chicago Reader is Chicago's legacy alternative news weekly. But as you know, free is not free. You know, it, it takes money to, to run the reader, to pay our um, staff, including Ben Jarofsky. Ben Jarofsky show and also our other writers who um, are investigative journalists who who are known for their long form um, especially on politics and culture um, so we're asking folks to consider helping the reader out at this time as you know 90% of our advertisers have um, dropped because many of them are in the entertainment industry or places where people gather and, and so they're shut down right now so we're asking for support through um, coloring books and other coloring books. So here's here's one example of a page of the new Chicago Reader coloring book. And this is by Jason Wyatt Frederick. And I love this scene. Um, 50, over 50 artists, illustrators, helped to put this book together. Um, I love the little scenes in here. Here's one that says, give a, give a shit. Um, we should. <laughs> um, and, <laughs> It has, it has um, a lot of neat little scenes just in this one little picture. So what we're asking, uh, there's, there's um, others like Michael Jordan, um, um, Frankie Knuckles, um, Ben Gooley is in there. So we're asking folks to um, get the download. It's $30. 50% of it will go to the illustrators. 50% uh, of it will go to the Chicago Reader fundraiser. And to post their uh, works of art and we would love to share them. There are other books that are coming out too. We're super excited. Um, there's a cannabis coloring book that's coming out on 420. It's, an, it's gonna be an activity and recipe book. So we're really excited about that. And there's also a greatest hit book that's coming out that um, I think Ben, you're a part of that too, right? Yeah, I'm uh, I'm part of the greatest hits book. I've been writing at the reader 
a long time, Lenny. Let's just put it that way. And when Tracy, Tracy Bames been on the show a few times, she uh, told me about it. I, I'd like, I immediately, it was like this, oh my God, I'm a psychological meltdown because there's so many articles. I've been writing for the reader since 1984, Lenny. 1984. Think back what you were doing. In the, you weren't even born yet in 1984. And that's how long I've been writing for the reader. So I'm like, oh my God, what articles am I going to pick? What's going to make the cut? I've been going through uh, the reader uh, archives. And my own personal archives, where I, I told Tracy this already, where I, I clipped out the articles back in the day before they were on the internet, and I p- pasted them on paper. I'm a real geeky guy, Lenny. And uh, I put it in a, a, f- uh, a plastic folder, and I have them. I have a copy. I could show you literally a copy I have. And uh, so at night, I'm up late going through it. Should I do this article? Should I do that article? And uh, I think I've settled a lot of articles, by the way, about Evanston for, you know, I've did a, some stories about Evanston, but I think I'm going to focus it on uh, personalities. I did a lot of profiles, a lot of interesting Chicago characters, uh, and I'm going to go back to the 90s and do some of my 90s uh, characters. So I'm all geeked up about this one. Lenny. I got to get to work on it and um, and get it in because some editor is going to start yelling at me as they like to. Hey, hurry up with that story the greatest hits so when is that coming out lenny so that's coming out um pretty soon we're going to start rolling it out um with uh leo galo he's coming out in a couple weeks to to have the first book out um and we're just going to keep rolling out every couple weeks from there um you know every week is is um is uh crazy shifting times for us um but we are moving forward you know, we're, we're, we, I just want to put it out there that any dollar that you help to support the reader is also supporting Chicago. It's supporting um, Chicago independent news media. Um, We have an independent media alliance that um, Tracy Bain has um, helped form. Um, And that is a lot of uh, over a hundred community and ethnic news media like Loraza and Korean Times. So supporting the reader helps support all of um, Chicago's independent news media voices. So, so it actually, it's since last Thursday, we had over a thousand donations. Um, and that includes the coloring book, the small donations, um, subscriptions. So since last Thursday, we've already raised thousands of dollars. So we appreciate um, every single one of you who has done that so far. Um, and yeah, we just we just need your support to at this time help us to continue to hold a mirror to Chicago, um, in good times and in bad, um, and to keep us all together. All Thanks, right, Ben. Thank you, Lenny, and great job bringing the guests together. Really uh, love the guests we had today. That Indivisible Evanson man, a shout out to my hometown. Uh, really stepping up and uh, playing the game the way it should be played. So really proud of those indivisible folks in uh, the in Evanston. Uh, Lenny, I want to thank you very much. It's the Lenny segment of the Ben Jarofsky Show. Uh, every other Thursday, she comes on with some guests. Uh, it's proved We had Marie Newman. We had Kim Fox. The Kim Fox one is a big hit, uh, getting a lot of downloads. Even though the election's over, Kim Fox was victor. And that was the one, Lenny, you were sitting there when she swore, and then, oh boy, thought he was slick. Uh, Conway made it into a commercial, and it didn't work. Kim Fox won it. <laughs> oh, Lord, I have fun with this stuff. Anyway, Lenny, oh th- thank you so much for bringing on the great guests that you do. Uh, and uh, we're going to close down this segment. Take care, everybody.
All right.